Hello, I'm Maurice Evans, mixed media artist, and we're listening to Studio Noise. It's the noise. Wherever you hear, see or hear things being created, I'm pretty sure you're going to find some black folks hanging around, getting down, making clothes, making drawings, making sculptures, making noise. The noise, the noise. That's the sound of creation, baby. That's what we talk about right here on the Studio Noise Podcast. Sponsored by NBAF, National Black Arts. Go check out our sponsor at NBAF.org. Much appreciation to you. It's your boy, Jay Barber, printmaker, artist, third year grad student. I'm still doing my thing, almost finishing up, but just pay for graduation, too. How they charge you all this money to go to school and then charge you $50 to graduate. But anyway, <laughs> I paid the I paid the tax. <laughs> I paid the tax to get it done, yo. So we on the road, yo, on my way to finishing up. But I had to come back, yo. I had to come back. Yo, I'm realizing this is what I need right here, yo. Talk to y'all. Have these conversations, connect with the fam, get my inspiration going, my juices flowing. I hope that's what y'all feel out here getting these conversations, learning all this good information. We got another great one for you. And so this week, uh, I don't know if this is so much of a question is so much of a just uh, letting people know what's going on. Uh, I didn't mention last week, but the Prism Art Fair started and they did it. You know, everything's changed because of the COVID. We ain't got to go over that every week, but it's a whole virtual presentation now. So the virtual presentation of Prism Art Fair is going to be from December 1st to through December 21st. So you still got time to check it out. They got a whole list of artists and and panels and and galleries involved. So uh, it's always a great thing. You can make sure you go back. Check out episode 40 of Studio Noise with Mikhail Solomon came on the podcast to talk about Prism. That's, ooh, that's way back. <laughs> that's way back, yo. This is episode 104. So you got to go all the way back. You gotta refresh your, your <laughs> you gotta refresh your browser a little bit to get to that one. Uh, and but this year, as always, got an incredible lineup of artists. A lot of these people I, I've heard of. Um, and you know, I got I think that's the thing about my Americanness. Some kind sometimes get the best of me. I don't know all these, um, you know, African names and stuff. All these, but they doing fantastic art. So it's gonna be it's really good just going through the website and checking them out. But of course, we got some studio noise fam involved with it uh we got krista david latoya hobbs charlie palmer wesley clark all you know a whole bunch of folks that's been on the podcast that you've heard from is involved with it so you make sure y'all go check that out for sure oh another festival i want to mention is print austin uh if y'all remember way back in episode 75 i went out to austin and, and participated in print austin did an interview with the crew over there uh go check that out uh, that's episode 75, but print Austin's coming back too, yo. So this year they're doing a the whole virtual thing too. And that take place, um, January 15th through February 15th. So it's a, it's a nice little time and, and studio noise, or at least your boy, Jay Barber will be a part of some kind of something to do with it. More details to come, but it's going to be worked out. It's going to be great. So me and the great folks over at Pine Copper Live are going to be tag teaming with another one of our studio noise fam. Delito Martin, <laughs> who's picked a couple people, and we're going to talk to him and have some good interviews. It's going to be great, Joe. So make sure y'all check that out. That's just a couple quick updates. So we we'll kick it to the interview. We got a returning guest again, Miss Sachi Rome, Studio Noise fam, is back again, yo. She's been working it out during the pandemic. If you remember, her and her sister Toki were on episode 64 talking about education, arts education right here in Atlanta. But now she's back, and we're focusing more on her personal work. And the work she's been doing with the creative projects, this new series, Anything But A Brush, and all types of other stuff, yo. So we get into it, how to maintain during the pandemic, all that stuff. So that's what we got for you right here after the break. We're back with Miss Sachi Rome on The Noise. The Noise.
All right, you know, it's your boy Jay Barber, Studio Noise. Uh, we on here with our returning guest. Yes, Miss Sachi Rome, back on the show with your boy. How you doing, girl? I'm wonderful, wonderful. Glad you let me join you today on this beautiful sunny Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah. Yo, I've been, um, you know, in my little hole with my thesis stuff. So I poke my head up, and all I see is you everywhere, getting it in. You know, you doing shows Stop. all around, like it ain't even closed down on you. Stop, <laughs> listen. And I'm a loner, so you see me, but you don't see me with nobody. So. <laughs> Just nah, moving here and there with a few folks here and there, but nah. yeah, you know. Yeah, ain't, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all, yo. Yeah, you get it in. So it's Sachi Rome. If everybody don't know, go go over to SachiStudioArt.com on Instagram at Sachi Art, Sachi Studio Art. Uh, so, and check out my girl. You can go listen to her old episode of Studio North. We had her and her sister on talk about education in arts. Uh, they, big shout out to Toki. And my phone dying. My phone dying. Oh my god, I gotta plug it up. Swear, sorry. No, <laughs> crazy. Hold on, I gotta grab it. It's over. It just. <laughs> All right, you got your you got your stuff together now. You you good? Say that one more time. I said you got your stuff together now. You good? Oh, I'm just sitting still. I'm sitting here plugged up to a wall. <laughs> I have no reason, no reason to do anything but chat. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, we back on track, then. It's all good. How you been? Yo, how, how's it been going for you? I'm, I feel like I'm catching back up with you after a long time. I feel like life has just been moving at weird liquid speeds as far as time is concerned. Time is so flexible. Sometimes it's not moving at all. And then there's times where it's just like flying, flying, flying by. Like, where's October? I don't know. It just disappears. I don't know. <laughs> and yet 2020 feels to be the longest year of my entire life. Yeah, it's a lot going on, yo. <laughs> it's a lot going on. Weird year. Yeah. It's a weird no, no, but, but you know, it was all getting through it. And right now you send up well, where your show is up at now, right? Yeah, work is up. I've got people who are interested. I've got, I've got a person, like I said, the lady and her husband are coming today. And then I've got someone in her family coming tomorrow. Her and her husband and her three kids are going to come with you tomorrow. And, you know, hopefully over the Thanksgiving break, we'll have people that have a little free time in their life. Yeah, no. That's good, yo. Life's still moving. That's good. To, good thing to see, yo. So your show right now up, Portraits of the In Between, is up. Where is it up at right now? Where's it located? So it's on nine forty. I think it's nine fifty. Actually, Marietta Street, and that's actually a complex that the Goat Farm partnered with. You know, they're doing their renovations, and so with TCP, the Creative Project, the residency program that I have, they actually partnered up and gave us studio space, but there was also an additional space that came available and it was perfect for me to hang my show at. So right centrally downtown by Northside Drive, easy, easy access. And it's a great, really nice looking space. Yeah. That's what's up. And that's, that's one thing you always got to be ready for as an artist. You hope be ready to put up some work and be ready to, to make it work. Like whatever yeah. space you yeah. get opportunity, yo, you can turn it into your own gallery space. Yo, don't wait for just on white walls to give you validation. <laughs> Go out and make your own show, yo. You got to make your own situation. The walls are beautiful. The lighting is right. And I mean, as far as I'm concerned as a person, that's all I need. Good walls and good lighting. Yeah, you got to you gotta make it happen sometimes, yo. And so this show, like, of course, congratulations on being in the Creators Project. Uh, that's one of the things in Atlanta. It's a two-year, I think, two-year residency, right? And, and everything that comes around. So every time it comes around, people are always trying to get a part of it. You get a studio space. Uh, at the goat farm down here in Atlanta, Georgia, and you get what else do you get? What 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 do they offer you well, like this time? You get, you get a network and you get support. I love Netta. Netta's probably one of my most favorite people in the world. She's um the director and creator of the Creative Project. Give her a full name. She is a listening ear, supportive ear, and a good kind of roadmap of where you should and shouldn't be going. Like I just love her energy and the like. There's value in relationships. That's for sure. What's her full name? Give her full name. Oh God! Here's the thing. I'm terrible about asking for that. I'll put it in. Yeah, I'll put it in. I don't want to like. I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> That's all good. Yeah. So I love. I'm sorry. You know how I am. 
<laughs> and so part of the program is, um, well, before, now this is before, like, cause so you started a program and then COVID hit and kind of disrupted everything. That's going to be one of my, one of the things I definitely want to talk about is how you've been handling, uh, this kind of COVID situation. Cause you were teaching too, right. And so schools is all, all over the place and the creative project, part of the creative project that, uh, that I've always like admired and enjoyed and, and watch people do is kind of the community based programming and so a lot of that stuff had to come to a uh, had to well I say it had to change right and so I guess asking you right now like what has it been like and what what have you kind of a, how have you kind of adjusted? So I guess that's a multi layered question. Um, so we actually just got the studio space in January. COVID hit in March, and I had already really gotten comfortable with my flow of coming to the studio after work because it's like literally six or seven minutes from my job. And work until about eight or nine. So I was in a rhythm and I had made a good amount of work before COVID hit. And then I, I call it COVID itis, where I sat in my house and did nothing for two months. Like literally just the 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 I wouldn't say fear, but the uncertainty, the void of knowing what happens next, time-wise, opportunity-wise, really made me feel like I'm living in this vacuum of what for? Let me just run away from all of these unanswered questions through TV. That's how I cope. I watched not a show, all of the shows. Like, <laughs> now, yeah. is this, I can refer you like Sister and Ebert, depending on your mood and what you want to feel like. I'm your person. So call me if you need references on something. But once I got past that, like at some point it's like, okay, you can't keep doing this. This is not even healthy. I mean, at that time, school was still very much kind of hands-off because the way that they adjusted, you just put the work up and they would kind of contact you if they needed help. So I wasn't really having to get too much at the beginning with in March. But once I got out of the rut of sitting around at the house and making work, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. I am one of those people, like I have a twin sister that has always been more than enough. I have my small network of friends. I feel like my art friends have gotten much closer because of the pandemic. Oh, really? Much closer. Quite frankly, the people that may have been just like people you talk to here and there because we're all busy, we're all running and running and running and running. We had time to connect more. We had time to sit still. We had time to engage in art conversations and visions and dreaming and throwing stuff at the wall and saying, no, girl, that ain't it. You know, so it's weird. You almost have this contraction of action, but expansion of thought. Mm. Yeah. Your mind has time to, to expand and reach out and make better, stronger connections because the body has stopped being distracted by traffic and oh my God, we got to make it on time and clock into work, which is the bane of my existence because yeah, time is so fluid. And there's none of these additional components that you have to like fit into your other stuff. It's like you wash the board clean and there's just nothing but what you want to write on it. Right. And with that clean slate of time and thoughts, like I feel like COVID has been it's been a horrible time for a lot of people, but I'm going to come out on the other side of this weird time in history and look back like, wow, that was when I got close to this person. That was when I like built that bridge right there. That was when I like let go of this and decided this is the piece now direction. Like there's been really great expansions of art, of personal energy and family connection. I mean, there's all these layers to what COVID has for me become and is. There's going to be a lot of people looking back, angry and sad and frustrated about this year in history. I have a lot of those emotions too, but I'm a silver lining, find the positivity because life can always look like shit if you want it to. <laughs> but I am of a mind that underneath the brown, there's got to be some gold. So, you know, nah, that works, yo. That that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's actually great to hear, yo. Because it's not that that is not how <laughs> a lot of people have been experiencing it. But I guess you know, like you said, you're an introvert, so it's like this. This is definitely the year to introvert, like right now. Like you know, you can call and check up on your 
uh, <laughs> all your uh, friends that love to go out, your social friends, because they are dying right now. But yeah, for people like us that like live in the studio, that that say that again. I'm not dying from lack of social because I'm spiritual. I got plenty of social life. I call people. I talk. We have these little. We have what I call. I, I call it, and everybody has now accepted. We have art church on Sundays. Jamal, we have art. Church. <laughs> what, is, what is this? What is the art church? Our, our church is. My little group of people that we have become close with, Delita, Stacy, Chochi, Chloe, um, Nadia, Ann Johnson, Mary. Like, there's this group of people, and we meet every Sunday at 5 on Zoom, permanently, and we share. We have, like, I wouldn't even say it's a formal critique meeting. It's more like, what are you doing? It's your turn. The floor is yours. Whatever's happening in your artistic practice. We as a gang gang going to listen, we're going to share, we're going to throw sticks at it and see if we can poke holes in it because we need to and we love you. Yeah. That's what's so, up. So you got a little, like a, like an art book club, like just y'all sitting around. You must term it what it is because it's not a book club, it's art church. We worship <laughs> at the altar of touches and all things artistic practice. It is on Sunday, it is sacred, and yes, I fully believe that is mine. That's what we call it. I'm not calling it the book club. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> no disrespect. I was just like saying it like the same way that people uh, have a book club where they go, you know, and they discuss a book and they get together and do like the whole thing mm-hmm. that's involved. They have tea, they get lunch, brunch and all this other stuff. Like that seems like that's what y'all are building together. Like I, I appreciate that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Is it? Is it a coincidence that it's all women or is that it's like on purpose? All women, and it's not on purpose. So we do have Stacy. Stacy Robinson is a part of our Black Kirby. I, I would so I think you probably come across his work at some point. But Stacy is the only guy, and is not deliberate at all. He quite enjoys his position as being the only male, though, because as he says every <laughs> Sunday, he's fine as Black women talking about this good stuff. So yeah, that's yeah, what's up, yo. Socialize, and because that's enough. Hey, that's what's up. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I, I love it, Joe. That's a great group of artists to be in conversation with every Sunday. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Like, yo, put your boy down for one, one weekend. Yo, let me get up in there. I'll take Listen, a break from my thesis. We're going to pull the lead and be like, look, I got a guest person want to come. We're going to have a surprise guest the leader. Hey, Mike, what the heck? What the heck? Yeah, I, I, I'll keep that for you, Jamal. Because yeah. it's really good energy. And at the end of the day, you got printmakers, photographers, you got all these different disciplines. Stacy does his digital work. Chloe is like printer, printer. Delito, of course, is a master printer. So you get this exchange of ideas because we are kind of doing different things. Delita calls me the unicorn because I'm a black woman doing abstracts. And um, that is one of those things you don't want to cross so much. So we have all these different approaches, but yet we have such great dialogues that overlap and kind of support and inform each other. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. And I, I know and had conversation. A lot of people, Studio Noise fam. So, like, uh, you know, I I can appreciate that. Like, that's a good group to go together. And so you, you've you managed to, in essence, build a, a, a community for yourself, like to replace kind of the Atlanta scene. Because uh, yeah, that's the... Yeah, because that's the one thing that... Want a girl, I didn't mean to forget you. Want to come to the meetings to shake you. I was going, want to don't judge me when you listen to this. I swear I didn't mean to forget. I'm absent-minded. <laughs> you know, Wana's an artist. She's also, she's Be Beautiful on IG. Be Beautiful LA. And uh, yeah, she's amazing. Too. No, that's all good, Joe. So yeah, so, and that's the kind of thing that we used to all, you know, get together, go to art shows. We used to always see each other, like supporting exactly. each other so art shows and stuff uh, like that. that from the support system that we missed because COVID happened. But it's not like restricted by location now. Like quite frankly, some days I really want to go and see something or hang out. You know, yep. like, oh, I haven't seen them in forever. I really want to go. But then you're like, I gotta get in my car and I gotta drive. <laughs> and I'm kind of sleepy because I was at work and it's a Friday. And so you know that stuff is taken away and you're left with more open access to opportunities and dialogues and shows that I could have never attended. You know, virtual shows that were going on in LA or New York or opening somewhere right out of my reach. Mm-hmm. Now, 
Boom. Get to the link. Yeah. That's what's up. Make the best of it, Joe. That's what's up. That's good stuff, yo. And so as you were going, um, what what about the community component that's involved with the creative projects? Like, how are y'all replacing kind of those hours that you had to put in? We, we've come up with a couple of ways, actually. If you'll remember, drive through happened. Um, oh, that's right. Describe, describe drive through for the people. drive through was when we had all these built walls that were outside of this giant parking lot. And basically, it's like a drive through movie where we had time slots. But there was artwork on the walls. And it was a socially distanced, really well-attended space event where people just drove through and got to look at the artwork from their cars. I can't even describe the volume of people that came out. This is like one of the first events that we had kind of put out into the Atlanta art scene as something to do after everything was like locked down and shut down tight. So people were really eager to get out, see the work, be able to socialize in a safe fashion, but still, you know, attend something that they were used to doing, but in a safe way. So turned out amazing. Turned out amazing. That's great. Artists and um, PCP alumni were artists that participated. That's great. And I think that's why one of the things that we have the benefit of is our creativity, right? Is that, <laughs> that you definitely can't let like some of the things just happen to you. Like we do need to think creatively about how you can still have your shows, still get your work seen, still socialize, all this good stuff. And so our little bit of creativity involved in it let us come up with different ideas. So I, I think that was a good good show for you. And it did look like it was well attended. Like a lot of like lines of cars and all the pictures that I saw. Yes, yes. The other way that we um have offered or attempted to make sure that we're still giving the community some form of support or give back is each week during that drive through, all the artists that participated did a takeover week with TCP's IG. And in that takeover, of course, we shared our practice. We shared what we were doing as far as studio work. But we also offer workshops so that people can kind of give some type of art stress reliever or you know, give them insight into what's happening and show them how, hey, it's not so unapproachable to kind of do some of these things at home for yourself. So that was a way to reach out to the community, give them an activity, support that creative mindset while still keeping them safe, you know. Yeah, that's good. Good idea, Joe. That's all, that's what's up, yo. You've been thriving a little bit after your after your two months off. <laughs> Seems like you got oh right God. back into I it. Look back on that time, so finally, like oh. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. the joke right between me and my friend Chloe. Chloe Alexander is actually my studio mate. She's um, you know Chloe. Oh yeah, yeah, you know Chloe. She used to teach with my wife. Yeah, Chloe and I was like, yeah, we'll sleep in January, like after the 20th, though. And I'm like, <laughs> damn, okay, just put that down in pencil, just in case shit changes. For sure, for sure, yo. That's awesome. And so that, that and as the new semester start, like, were you, was your school in virtual? Like, my kids are in virtual. We are a virtual, completely online, and I fully believe we should stay that way, just my personal opinion. Um, it's working. I mean, it's not the best way to do it, but it's all about the attitude and how the kids are approaching it. Right. I don't mind because even before COVID, I kind of went to what we would call a paperless classroom where I'm not printing paper. I'm not handing out things. I'm putting things completely on Google Classroom. You're turning in work on the phone. Like we were already in that mode of working. So shifting to online just was me staying at home and turning on the Zoom camera from before. And, so your, and your kids were just an engage? I mean, obviously it depends. It just goes by teacher by teacher because I find that my, oh, no, my no, no. son... We're not going to talk about engagement tomorrow. <laughs> we're not going to do that. We will uh, not do that. And I am not here for that. No, 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 no. I'm doing my job. <laughs> I'm working very hard. I'm working way harder than we were in the classroom. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, you got to. You got to. <laughs> But again, attitude is attitude. So yeah, you're making it happen, yo. That's what's up. All right, let's get up, let's get up off that that sad stuff. Let's get to the real oh, meat, the real. Yeah, this is I'm teacher of the month. You're, you're teacher of the month, cause girl, you, yeah. you, I knew you was gonna be all right. I don't know. Like I don't. Failure is an option, but it's not what we desire, and it's never the goal. So you know, you just get through stuff. I hear you, yo. 
I hear you. So let's go ahead and move into, let's talk about your artwork in the new series that you were developing. Uh, come around. That's all of that's featured right now in Portrait of, of the In-Between, the, the show you're at. Uh, and it's kind of the Anything But Brushes series. All right, yeah. now explain to us like what you mean. Are you drawing with your feet? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, I mean, if it comes down to it, if I need that marker, you have to get to it. Shout out so, to Soul Sister. That's what she used to do. Really? And, and Johnson. Yeah, that's what she used to do, yo. Paint with her feet. Talk about that this Sunday then. I'm going to make a question. <laughs> so, I, I must first by saying thank you ever so much to Fulton County and their commissioners because they came up with a way to support artists during COVID by offering um, a grant. And you just applied and came up with a proposal for what it is you will offer Fulton County's residents to help them, you know, find some cultural relief and stress relief during the age of what I call the age of COVID. So I wrote this grant proposing putting together this show, Portraits of the In-Between, work that I'd already been kind of playing with. I had a loose idea of what the proposal would look like for about a year already. You know how things marinate in your head. Mm-hmm. And it was Chloe that was like, well, why are we sitting over here plotting on this? Sashi, you keep having this conversation with me. And this is where those art church conversations come back. Because this was one of those things that had been talked about at church. And then just out of nowhere, she's like, no, that's what you should write your brand about. Do the portraits thing. Do a proposal for your show. I was like, yeah, you think so? I don't know. You know, little birds in your head are like, But I pulled the trigger on it and they accepted the proposal and they gave me the funding to put it together. So... Joy of Joys, Portraits of the In-Between is a living, breathing entity of work that is out here in the world. And it's based on this body or concept, but it's still a body of or style of work that I call anything but brushes. And anything but brushes for me is painting literally with anything but a paintbrush. It's against the rules to even pick up a paintbrush when I'm working on that type of work. I do other styles of work, but with this, those unconventional tools, the spatulas, credit cards, different tops and bottles and random little kitchen spatulas and spoons and things that I grab to make my mark. I've realized they are used for me to help disconnect from my conscious mind, to disconnect from that, this is what you must do. And in that disconnection, I find that my subconscious mind can reach out, can find these, what I believe to be the spiritual leftover energy. And in connecting with those unconventional tools, I am able to pull these images forward, produce this work that is full of energy and action and movement that if I feel like I was using a paintbrush, I couldn't do. So, yeah. That's interesting. So you you almost equating uh, a paintbrush to kind of a structure. Uh, and the structure is like um, confining. To you. Combined and one of the things that I have to remember sometimes when I feel myself getting too tight, too in my head, too much into the what I want to happen, which is not necessarily what should happen. I ha- I hear Meeti say, you know me to Nico. Oh yeah. I hear Meeti say, All right now, girl, get loose. Get loose. <laughs> get loose is like cold word. Get up out of here. You're not in charge. You're not supposed to drive the bus. Paintbrushes drive buses. They are controlled items to tell the mark where it needs to go. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing with those abstract figures. The figures guide the mark. And if I'm using those abstracted, unconventional tools, they, I feel, have more access to my thought process and where the mark needs to go. So, yeah. I dig it. is my thought process. Nah, I dig it, Joe. So in 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 what does that look like practically? So what are you are you using instead of paintbrushes? Uh I started out with a Dollar Tree kitchen spatula. I like the um silicone ones because they peel off the paint really easy. And I actually started looking at kitchen tools, like things that you would mix, mixing bowls. I like different sizes, different shapes. But I started looking at them because I was in Michael's one day and they had like this band of these Dutch heavy wood combing tools. I'm sure there's some type of real name for them, 
But they were like some heavyweight wood with a silicone tips, different sizes, shapes. They were like $22 to $28 per thing. That sounds like some ceramic equipment. Yeah, I don't know what they were. They were in the painting department. They were in there to move paint around and, you know, hmm. make textures, okay. and things. Yeah. But I looked at that price tag and I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> this is too much like something else. I will put this in the back of my brain and I will keep looking. And I eventually was like, wait a minute. This factual is cheap. It's plastic. Whatever. It's a dollar. I'm going to see what happens. I bought a couple from Dollar Tree and that was the end of it. I love the way it moves paint. I love the way it scrapes, pushes leave lines and I play around with how to control what types of marks I can get out of it the same way you would out of a brush. Okay. My favorite tools are Dollar Tree kitchen spatulas and um, credit cards, leftover tops. And uh, you know how you can go to Home Depot and get these little thin samples of like laminate or wood veneer? Yeah. They're like square cards. They're free and I take them. Home Depot, don't judge me. And then I can cut them and make different like little slots or shapes. Just great paint with. Okay. I like it. That's what's up. So that's how you get like a lot of those kind of uh, marks and stuff inside of it. How do you get some of the, the patterns and stuff that you do? I see a lot of like, it's kind of one of them I'm looking at guys like a hexagon pattern in it. Ah, uh, if that's, if you're looking at that type of stuff, it's going to be the jelly printing. So I do that work that's very abstract. And I also, because I had to figure a way to make them smaller. These pieces that I'm creating on average are about at the smallest, maybe like 24 by 30 on okay. average. Yeah. Or up. So to be economical and practical for people who have smaller walls, I really was trying to figure out how do I make smaller figures in the same style? Because these bigger pieces... This is the other thing. I don't ever start with a plan. I don't even like get a paint palette. You pour the paint, you let gravity, let it lay where it's going to go because I believe a lot of it has to be intuition, intuition and coincidence. Mm -hmm. Let it do what it's going to do and then let it evolve from the accidents of landing the paint. So it's just a bunch of drop, 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 drop from above. I like to do very high drops of paint and pour. You can't pull that off on a small piece of paper without making a huge mess. And so I had to figure another way out, like a different process for that type of style, smaller. And I landed on jelly plates. I love jelly plates. I'm obsessed with them. I've been playing around with them in school on some old kind of like, here, kids, here's a way to make a background paper. We had some money and someone donated a few of them to us. But after a while, I started playing with them and I bought a really big one. And, and fell in love with the textures and the way that I can kind of layer and subtract. And I'm still trying to figure my way with that more. But if you see anything that's more of a defined pattern or definitive shape, it's probably a jelly print. Okay. That's what's up. So how many of these are you doing at a time? Because it feels like it's a lot of layering. So you're pouring that much paint. Are you like going in between <laughs> or do you kind of just work one until you feel like it's starting to say something. It's a room. I try not to get more than two passes after that is going to go to mud. Mm. So when I say passes, that's me pouring all the paint, getting my gesture lines, looking at it, finding the figure that I believe is trying to come forth. And then from there, making small adjustments. Because anything else is creating something in somebody totally new. So, yeah, it's quick. It's quick in that. Quick for me but not really quick. Like I, I might be here for like three or four hours, but it felt quick. Cause like, how did that just happen? I was just, it was noon and I was four. I'm hungry. <laughs> so they go fairly fast. And in a day, if I'm in the right mental head space, like as I say, the spirits are in the house today. If the spirits are visiting well for me, it can be three or four things going at one time, or it can be one big thing that is fighting with me because I'm not listening. So it's all real fluid. So how much of this is is when you talk about energy? Like it's if it feels like if you work bigger, you're getting more of your body into what you do. So it's a lot of like the movements are are bigger. You you know what I'm saying? Like, are you looking for that big movement? 
uh, in particular, or are you just kind of doing what's happening? I the, the, the body is very much a part of it. Delita pointed that out to me because she saw me, um, Angela, as a part of the uh, Fulton County show. I had Angela Carter come down and film some of my um, process. And then looking back on some of that footage on the Sunday church day, Delita was like, you know, you are so physical with this. And I tell people, it's like you're playing Twister. Because the pain is wet and the job is not to step in it. But everything is happening on the floor. Like, I can't work standing up. Mm-hmm. Like, pieces are all on the floor. And everything is just laid down. So if it's really big, I'm reaching over here. I'm kind of like not trying to step into it over here. There have been times when it's funny to say, you, I've put my foot in it. <laughs> Literally. And I can tell where that heel landed and became like this nice little mush pattern. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like it, yo. I like it, the physicalities. I'm Grace Kisa. I'm a mixed media artist based here in Atlanta, and you're listening to Studio Noise. So take me back to the beginning, like as you as you're um, thinking about making this jump uh, away from brushes into more abstract work, because before your work wasn't necessarily as abstract as, as this. Like what what spurred that change and what got you thinking that you needed to uh, abandon a brush? couple of things. And I go back to Sunday church being one of those places where it helped clarify that journey and dialogue out loud. I kind of had a gist of it, but this made it more concrete, made it more affirmative for me. Um, Every male figure that I have really, really cared about in life has died. My dad is not a part of my life. He's alive and well somewhere in this city, but that is not a factor in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Brad Coates was my father figure, Randy Reed. And he passed from cancer. My other track coach in college, Andy Bay, he passed from cancer like a year or two later. And in between of all of these two guys dying, I had like maybe, well, one of my favorite students got murdered. Oh, no. In the back of the head, right down Moreland Avenue. Ah, uh, sucks. To the where people knew I cared so much for this kid, they called me the day after Christmas. Because they knew there is no way we can tell her this happened Christmas Eve. We can't tell her. And I look back on my teaching career and I started to see that all these boys that I got close to, all these male students had died. Anton, Scooby, like there's a list of people in my head that I can go back to. And before the anything but brushes became like a dominant force, all I painted was women. There were very few. If you, if you have a painting of mine as of a male, you have a very rare gem because that's not really where my energy or focus was. I painted women living in chaos who were beautiful, but surrounded by the chaos and the abstraction of their life. That was like the leaning of the work before because that's what I saw and that's who I was. But for whatever reason, I started kind of playing around in this abstract way. And it was right after I came back from Basel and I said, okay, I'm going to stay this way. I'm going to commit to this as the new thing that I'm doing. And going down there, you start to see such a broader, wider audience of work, as well as a broader style of what is available and acceptable as for itself. So getting out of Atlanta, and seeing more of a global platform of art and what it could be just made me be like, look, mm-mm. for one, pretty women abound, pretty paintings of women, women abound. I don't need to, to carry on that conversation. That's not needed. And what I didn't see is what I was already interested in trying to explore, but wasn't confident or sure, is this a thing or is this just me, you know, looking around in the studio? Mm-hmm. You know, we all have had those days. We're like, what is this? I don't know, but I kind of like it. I kind of have fun with it. And the thing was, it felt really good making those pieces. 
And it was my way of coping with a lot of like pent up frustrations about death and about these people leaving and then being these male figures that I didn't have and I'm still kind of looking for. So all of that compilation of thoughts and experiences and seeing left me with what I believe is spirits that see that there's this doorway, a gap. Sashi has touched death more times than she probably should have and is very much in tune with listening to what is not there. That's what I came to the conclusion of. The males in my life, my father figures dying and really leaving this really huge void because they had filled such huge shoes and filled such huge voids already. They leaving left me open and available because I kept looking for them, reaching out to them. So I feel like there is this doorway of space in time and what I call the in-between, the in-between being this spiritual plane, the ether, so to speak, of where the spirits go after you're gone. The body is a shell. It's flesh and bone and things wear out. But the energy that is contained within that flesh and bone shell, I mean, there is rules. Energy is exchanged. It is not lost. So where is the energy of the essence of the person going? I think it goes to the in-between. And I think that my hands bring the essence and energy of those people back that want to come. I love it. And then so in essence, like you're kind of conjuring for yourself uh, these people here with you. Mm-hmm. So not so much the people I personally love but more these people that feel like they have more to tell, more to share, who didn't get their chance, who were interested in finding new opportunities in this current space to live and breathe in your space, in your home, and share their knowledge through just existing with you. I think the ancestors have a lot of stories to tell, and we're so disconnected from our past that we don't have the magic of our ancestors living with us regularly to help guide us. African tradition and religion really dictates that it's not a concrete set of laws. It's not a canon of facts like Christianity or Judaism. It's not. It's much more flexible so that it can acclimate and move within different components that come into the, the culture. So it can be moved forward because it's not so rigid. And I think that we've lost some of those connections, but they're within us cellularly. When I say these things are in us, the memory of rituals and things that make us be connected with our ancestors and help us realize the power in their knowledge, in their advice, in their support and being remembered. We can't get any power from our ancestors. We can't receive anything from them unless we remember them. There's power in memory. So I believe my pieces are helping us remember those that are lost. And in remembering them, offer us something in, you know, being in existence with them. So take us through like a piece like Breaking Blue, right? Um as you as you start this layering, like when do you when do kind of these voices or like these people that you're connecting with this that have transcended this plane? Um, how how are they? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like it's it's kind of like what what's the what's the conversation that's happening while you're putting paint down? Like and specifically, I'm referencing a piece called Breaking Blue. So I love Breaking Blue. Breaking Blue is a that's one of my, my, my favorites. I really don't have any words to tell y'all why, but... I can tell you why I like it, if you, if you want me to. I like the layering. And so it's, it's a little bit of, it's called Breaking Blue, and kind of you have almost like blue on top as the top layer. But within it, there's still that yellow. There's still pops of orange. There's still like, you can feel like, as you talk about the combs, and you can feel that kind of comb-like structure mm-hmm. or shape that's been moving the paint around to kind of create this space and kind of is being revealed but that blue is like right on top um grounding everything 
like it's kind of that final, like I call it the key layer when you're doing printmaking, but that key that is bringing it all together and making it all make sense. But other than that, it's just pure energy. Pure energy. And what's funny, I'm going to tell you something. I haven't told too many people about this piece. Brick and Blue was an accident because accidents are how my life has played out to the best of all things. Accidents are wonderful in life, guys. If you don't know that, you should accept it. That it's okay to have accidents. I have rules in my studio because I pour paint and big bottles of paint at that. No caps are ever left off. If I leave a cap off, I get mad with myself because I'm clumsy. I'm also very, very clumsy. <laughs> so no cap should be left off of anything. And that particular day, I don't know what I was doing, but I think I was messing with the coffee, the dog was dark, and it was just like too much going on. And that blue that you see, the top had been left off, and it flipped over. And this was a full bottle of paint. And I was like, fuck! And it was running everywhere on my floor. So I grabbed that piece of paper, and I already put a big layer of yellow and some pineapple. I don't know. You never know where you're going with things. You just do them, and then you see where it goes next. She's like, I don't know. We'll see. I grabbed this big sheet of paper and threw it underneath to grab all this blue paint that ran down. And I was like, waste not, want not. <laughs> Guess I got to work on it now. And an hour and a half later, I don't think it was an hour later, that piece was finished. So you go Just through like these that. pretty fast. How big is that one? Uh, 40 by 60 or 40 by 48, something like that. So this is really like a, a really active process. Very. Like, like I said, it's like twister, like yoga, like you're on one foot over here, you're reaching over there, you're trying to hurry up before things dry. And that radiating cone kind of effect that you see, that's like my own language as far as what I believe energy looks like as it breaks apart from the in-between. Like that shifting almost like you have like this static, but not. Mm-hmm. That is a uniform, throughout a lot of the work, that kind of mark making or radiating, swirling line work. But yeah, breaking blue, they don't talk to me. I'll tell you that. They don't talk to me until afterwards. If I'm doing my job right, my head is really just floating. Mm. Floating in a way that feels really nice. I don't know, like, if I were to give you a physical experience like that, it would be almost like if you ever learn to float on your back in the pool or at the beach and look at the sun and just float. Like, I can float four hours like that. I, my mama paid for swim lessons. That was the only thing we got that one summer. <laughs> but it's like the rocking of the ocean. It's like this movement, but you don't control it. It's very gentle. It's very much you getting nudged by nature. I'm not thinking about too much of nothing other than, okay, that's where it needs to go. or This needs to be pulled out. I need to push that back. Or you ever walk by somebody, you caught their face out of the corner of your eye and you kind of saw them, but you didn't. Yeah. That's what these are. These are people I see out of the corner of my eye. Once I catch a glimpse of them, I'm just pulling it out. But the dialogue, the conversation about who they really are, what's happening, that's always like the next day or... Mm, Comes later, yeah. Yeah, they come back and tell me after I pulled it out. It's never like, oh, this is who you are. Boom. Mm -mm. Well, after the fact. That's interesting. And so as, as you would talk about before, where um, even when I mentioned that the club, the, the art church that you that you had is mostly female. And that's uh, I know you as a woman that is out here in the world promoting, representing black women artists here in Atlanta. You know, I appreciate y'all. Love it. You know what I'm saying? It's part of my part of my thing. So it, it is unexpected to have so many men be represented in your artwork and that's not you know not to say it's nothing wrong with it but it's, it's unexpected yeah listen so, it's unexpected for me yeah and exactly I a conversation with myself like wait a minute what the hell <laughs> you know, really all of the abstracts probably 80 80 85 percent of them are male and i think it goes back to that same dialogue about most of the people who have died who have left my space my my my, my of life, so to speak, they've been male and they have been not timely, not people who should have been gone. Yeah. 
And I, and I think that's an interesting layer to add to kind of the narrative of, of this work. And it's, it's, it's something to think about. You know what I'm saying? When I, when I see your work and what I know about you and now to see this begin to manifest, like it's, it's a, it's a different message, but I, I don't know. It's something, it's something there that has resonated with me just by, by hearing it and seeing the work, thinking of, of another piece, um, praying, pray for me, uh, which is, it looks like a bald headed man figure, the facial features mm-hmm. and stuff, but in the energy there, not there, it's kind of at the real quality about it. Um, official I don't know. fan favorite so far. Say again? That's the official fan favorite. Oh, so yeah? Far. Really? Yeah. Why, mm-hmm. why do you think that is? I, I'm not sure. So here's the thing I don't really control what anyone likes. I'm never sure. Never. Ever. Sure. Ever. I just do the work. And what I've learned to realize this is not my job. You're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And once you release it, you don't have no control over it. Because I'm not even making the decision about what shows up on the paper. So for me to even decide, is it good or not? There's things that I think are great. And then the response is completely different. So I can't really control it. It is for the audience. It is for the viewer to decide. And I, I just, I'm in service. That's interesting. I'm in service. That's interesting how that happened, right? I think it's got to especially be interesting when you're doing abstract work, when nothing is necessarily being represented um, on purpose. You know, kind of a lot of it is just happening. Oh, <laughs> so take me Hold to on. yeah two seconds mm-hmm. no they're fine I told you it's friends coming by okay yeah. I'm them the work I'm just gonna let them in and let them enjoy it. I'll chat with them in a bit no that was them so uh, so do you have like um, mass rules and stuff in, in the in the space I've got a nice little wonderful full bowl of mass and people make appointments there you go. That's how you should do it. That's that's good. That's good technique, right? <laughs> right yeah, Make an appointment. The space is nice and wide. There's plenty of parking. Yeah. No. Yeah, you gotta gotta keep working. I'm I'm glad you did. I'm actually about one more piece. Um, in particular, yeah. transition in motion. Transitions uh, in motion. Like, tell me about that piece. I think for me, for I me, that's you. that's the one of the 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 best ones in the show. I don't know. It's it's, it's something about the the kind of comb arc movement that goes around the whole face, but it's two faces and the color, I think it's really striking. Again, one of those surprise pieces that when you look back at it, you're like, well, damn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> spirits are with you that day. So I keep saying that the spirits are with me, but there's a requirement. There's a ritual. I'll go on Shall I go that way? Yes, I'll go this way. We let that go. So, believe it or not, transitions at one point what I thought was a failure. Remember I told you I get two passes after that? I usually consider it something to just start over. That first face, right there, the central main one that's more focused, Mm -hmm. shifted very fast into that. At one point, looked completely different. I was not satisfied. I went to bed. Got up the next morning. Rituals and routines are part of practice. Made my cup of coffee. Got my little incense burning. Played my music. The music is key to tuning out the noise. And that sounds counterproductive, but the noise of the day, the noise of your own thoughts, I play Jacob Banks in my studio like it is a mass choir. <laughs> nice. Nice. And the same over and over and over. And it's necessary because it's putting me in a headspace and thought process that makes for much stronger work because it's not about me thinking about anything and the rhythm of the music and something about the bottle or something of his voice just really hits me spiritually. And it seems weird when I say it out loud, 
But that's what it is. The music does something and it helps me find that space. Well, I'm not in charge. I'm not thinking. And Breaking Blue, no, excuse me, Transition in Motion all appeared within about 25, 30 minutes of that playlist and me just sitting there working. I pour some paint and let it go. So it's a weird thing. There are three man faces, and depending on who you speak to, there's a fourth face in there. Mm. When I tell you about that piece, looking at it closely, it's really a thing of present, past, and future. And that's where, where I feel like our vision of, as a people is. Very dope, yo. Very dope. So out of all of this, uh, as you, what lessons do you think you're learning as you go along? And like, how do you think this series is developing? Lessons. First and foremost, believe in yourself above all of When you feel right, when it's a good feeling, stick with it. Don't question if it feels right. Your gut is better than your brain sometimes. Your gut is way better than your brain sometimes. I don't know. That part right there, just realizing that you got to be okay. No, nah, and that's, that's cool because because uh, as you're making more of these and you tell these stories about how intuitive it is, it is incumbent on you to just start to begin to trust that intuition or trust that part of you that's telling you to do stuff. Cause as you see the results, right? Obviously right. like this is like what this is going to be. I often tell a story about how any piece that I've ever done that people think is good. There's, there was always a point where I thought it was completely fucked up. Right. Like just as a matter of just practice in the studio, all my work develops that way. I push and push and push. Then I feel like I push too far. And then when I reach that point, it's about, me bringing it in for the landing, right? Trying to stick it and make it all work together. And in that process of me working, making it work together, I can bring all that energy and that creativity that I put in the beginning and make something uh, solid, right? Right, free. Yeah, and it's free. But it's but it is. You have to let yourself get to the point where it's messed up, and you can't like be scared of. Uh, it's it's two ways to respond, right? You can get that feeling, and then in the next piece try to avoid that feeling, right? Just like, all right, I'm, I'm really not going to mess this one up or, or, right. or, or constrict yourself or do something else crazy. But it's, it's much harder, much harder to just let yourself go and be fine with it and then feel confident enough to know that you can stick the landing if you, when you need to. So my, my, my thing with paint is this, and that's what I tell my students when they're starting out, it's paint, y'all. This is why I love it so much. It's paint. You can paint over things. Mm, yeah. You can just slap a coat of jet cell on there and it all goes away. <laughs> all the ugliness and failure. Nowhere else in life can you do that. Like where else in your existence can you see and clearly define your failure? Look at it, see it, acknowledge it, and then make it go away completely. I love it, yo. And so now, now as we uh, wrap it up, yo, we're getting close out of time. Um, what what do you think next year is going to bring for you? Or what do you want next year to bring for you? I just want next year to keep on moving me forward. Next year, I'm scared to even talk about you because 2020 <laughs> been so <laughs> It's still too much time left, right? <laughs> Something else could happen, yeah. Too soon, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, like at the end of the day, I am, I wouldn't say a superstitious person, but I believe in karma and fate and all things magic. And I believe if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, the universe will provide, as it has proven over and over to be true. So I'm not going to look for anything. I'm asking for the universe to continue to give me what it's already been giving me, which is bountiful blessings and opportunities and putting me where I should be at the time that I'm supposed to be there. And keep yeah. broken. Yeah. That's, that's all you need right there. Just a, just a chance to make it happen. You know? 
So I'm going to ask you this question. It's going to seem real random. But if you had a chance to do something really extra crazy, big time, no budget, no budget uh, considerations at all, do whatever you want to do, what would you do with this series? I would give people the opportunity to see them in the round. I would get them off of the flat. I would get them in physical space that you can walk around in some way. And at scale, that would be like, what the hell? Like unavoidable ancestry. You can't forget it because it's massive in scale. What I'm thinking, I'm thinking laser cut pieces that fit the silhouettes of the things that I'm creating to the point where they can stand on their own. Hmm. Maybe not necessarily 3D round, but at least culturally flat round or like projections of different layers, kind of like a low release sculpture. Some way to get them off the flat, to put them much more in a presence of place and space. Yeah, and maybe a, a, a huge-ass abstract mural, something in that style, but on a wall. So you're like, well, damn. Mm, I love it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love it. I yes, love black women say abstractly, sir. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Like, um, uh, you know, we should talk offline because um, part of my thesis is Alma Thomas and uh, a lot of other people that that are that are doing a lot of good work abstract and women artists so i'm following a lot of examples so yeah we got we definitely can, can get into all that it's been such a great talk to you catch up with you yo you are one of the best i love i love i remember i remember uh where we were at where were we at where we at mocha together and we you were just starting to talk about this series and that was that was a while ago and then that, that just show you how much we always get together always communicate and always right. talk about our work together. So I love seeing like where it's gone and how it's developed. I can't wait to see where it go, yo. You always welcome back on the noise, yo. I so appreciate y'all. I do. I love talking about the work and anybody that want to hear about it, that want to listen to me ramble on. I mean, hey, <laughs> well, the times uh, I actually like talking to people is about art. That's for sure. And they can follow you at that at Sachi Studio yeah. Art on Instagram, SachiStudioArt.com. Anywhere else? Anywhere else, IG, Facebook, they're all the same. I'm easy, S-A-C-H-I, Studio Art, easy peasy, same thing. That's what's up, yo. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jamal. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. And that's it. Another episode of Studio Noise in the Bag. Big shout out to the fam. Sachi Rome for coming on the podcast. Appreciate you, girl. Love catching up with you. Love seeing people shining, doing their thing, making new work, yo. It's so inspiring. And so we'll be back with more episodes next week. I know you just can't wait, but we'll be back next week with the artist Stephen Hamilton on the show. He has some phenomenal work. It's just amazing. I'm so glad to get to talk to him. But that's next week. In the meantime, between time, you need something to listen to. I say you go, uh, go ahead, open up all, any DSP that you own and listen to Camp Low, Uptown Saturday Night. The album was pretty great. I mean, these guys, these guys had such a flow and a language is very unique, yo. So it's always a part of when you put them on. If I say something slick, she would. Then he will leave her, she would. Ain't no nap down blues, she would. Twist up the gunja, anesthesia. Now you say the lower, who rain lower? Right on time, midnight magic, lower. Max Julian, lower. Who you dig, lower. Diamond City, bomb. So, la 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 la, la 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 la. It's the Emerald Suede demon with the diamond chi bomb. We grow on Mavado. We send the lightning through hollow dimensions. My pro collection stay reflecting off bottles of Jensen. The unforbidden cashmere court set connection. Correct suspension for the Ride the Hollywood. Have all the divas on the left, you keep on. And all my fellas in the rack, you keep on. And all my people's in the back, you keep on. And all the people's in the front, you keep on. The lower, lower, lower. The lower. I love it. That's my that's my bag right there. I love it. So I'm in the studio making right now. <laughs> listening to it. And so thank you so much for listening to another episode of Studio Noise. Please take a second, wherever you listen to podcasts, if it's on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening, why don't you take a second, hit that subscribe button. 
if you gotta get a chance go ahead and write a review give us some five stars get us pumped up in the charts let everybody know about the noise tell two friends two friends any friends artists or or collectors anybody that need inspiration needs to hear these black art voices coming through their speakers and make sure you check us out on ig at studio noise podcast and send us an email if you want to feel so inclined at studio noise podcast at gmail.com and of course you can always find your boy at j barber studio on all your social medias and it's all Mars out there. Listen, Sachi got me thinking about this article on CNN I saw where Gastani Faloche has spent $65,000 buying artwork from artists in his community, people that he knew. So he got this huge collection. Well, it's, it's great. His work sells that much. He got that much money. So big shout out to him. But definitely the idea of support. Sachi mentioned the same thing. Support. It's all about support. Yo. We got to keep each other uplifted, especially at times like this show. We're going to make it through. We're going to keep making that noise together. Making noise. That's how we do it. It's your boy, Jay Barber. I'll see y'all next week. Peace.